This CTN Viewpoint is brought to you by Redmain. This is CTN Viewpoint on CIO Talk Network. Welcome listeners, this is Sanjog, all your host, and here is the topic uh, for this segment. Is your health IT a catalyst for delivering patient-centered care? And I have with me Mark Lanty. Mark is the Chief Information Officer with Indiana University Health. Hello, Mark. Thank you for joining us. Well, thank you, Sanjog. It's a glad to have you. And, you know, while patient-centered care is a holy grail of healthcare, and we know that health IT can definitely make a significant contribution, how can we work towards making health IT a catalyst? That's what we wanted to explore here today, Mark. So my first question to you is, while health IT is attracting significant investments overall, what are the specific readiness gaps that are preventing care coordination enablement, which is critical to realizing the patient-centered care dream? Hey, well, Sanjog, maybe it's uh, good to start with a little bit of context and first maybe mention what that you know, investment has been in uh, patient-centered care. I think the numbers that I have, uh, if we look at uh, February this year, I think CMS is reporting more than 485,000 providers have received uh, payments for participating in Medicare and Medicaid electronic health record incentive programs. And that represents more than $30 billion in payments to providers for Medicare and Medicaid EHR uh, incentive payments. I say that number because it's important to have a sense for the volume of dollars that are going into the health IT equation to uh, support patient-centered care. I think it's also important to have a little bit of a definition of it. So when we look at patient-centered care, uh, we view it as being delivered by an enabled collaborative team using evidence-based practice that produces best patient outcomes. And then it also should address a patient's physical, emotional, social, and spiritual needs and values and respect the patient's right so that they have the opportunity to participate and make responsible decisions about uh, treatments uh, with their provider. And then it's also a uh, continuum of care. Um, so one of the things that I think health IT has really enabled in this space is the fact that our interaction with a patient is not just a transaction anymore. It's not an admission and a discharge um, for an inpatient stay. That it's building the trust of the patient in advance of that admission, caring for that patient during their day, and then staying with that patient uh, through the transition after discharge and taking care of all of their needs. Uh, some of those are going to be medical and some of those are going to be social and uh, psychological. Uh, so that continuum is uh, really a big part of what I view uh, health IT as enabling. So, you know, with that said, what are some of the readiness gaps, um, so to speak? When you know, we look at the health IT that we've been able, uh, enabled here, uh, we're very proud of that. And we're very proud of the fact that you know, our providers uh, see a patient record regardless of where that encounter occurred. In fact, I was talking to uh, one of our physicians uh, just recently who uh, saw someone who presented in an outpatient clinic. And the uh, symptoms that they were presenting uh, were very difficult to diagnose just in that interaction uh, by itself. Uh, the physician was able to, to look into the electronic uh, medical record system that we have, uh, which is Cerner, 
And uh, they were able to see that, you know, that patient had numerous visits to other physicians uh, within the system and also had presented with similar symptoms to the emergency room. With that and uh, with the results of some of the tests that had already been performed, the the physician was able to very quickly make a diagnosis, uh, provide a uh, prescription uh, to the patient, and uh, then engage them in other aspects of their health and set up a follow-on that ended up saving dollars, and also improving the outcome for that patient. So that's the type of experience that you know, we're looking for. In terms of what are the gaps right now is we don't have that necessarily across all systems. And I think anybody who's experienced the healthcare system of their choice know that if they're out of their geography, if they go to a different provider than they usually go to, there's a good chance that that provider is not going to have access to that uh, record that the patient may expect if they were going to their own provider. So the degree to which uh, we enable that cross-provider interoperability and the degree to which uh, we're able to follow that patient uh, regardless of uh, the point of care is, in my view, uh, one of the most uh, significant gaps. A lot of progress being made, but not far enough there. I would say that another gap is, you know, our understanding of the people and the process associated with this. And uh, to be very specific, you know, as organizations have uh, looked at the disclosure requirements and the penalties uh, that are associated with uh, the HIPAA privacy and security rules now, the tolerance for uh, risk associated with with what we would view as the treatment and uh, operations uh, components of uh, HIPAA security and privacy there is uh, a mindset that is starting to look at uh, interoperability as increasing risk and uh, something that uh, organizations might be impeding interoperability across organizations. So hopefully that responds to the question. Happy to expand on that at all. Mark, what are the challenges in deploying the software applications required for care coordination and PCC, which is patient-centered care? Is it the lack of clarity of requirements or technology that can do the job? For those who have been able to make strides in this area or perhaps even nailed it, what new, more or different have they done? Sure. When I look at the critical success factors in an environment, and uh, let's all agree that the environment that we work with is very complex, complex from a data perspective and you know, complex from an emotional perspective because it is the patient who's outcome uh, we're trying to drive, and uh, I think everybody has a vested uh, interest in doing that. So taking a step back, is it requirements? I don't uh, think it's requirements. To look at the equation, uh, you have to look at the people involved, processes that are being used, and the technology. So the view of the typical view of a system and the old waterfall approach of having the right requirements and then being developed to the requirements really just does not work in this environment. And, you know, our experience has been you have to have base technology. That is, you can deliver functionality that is appropriate for the people in the process and enables the process itself. And then have an agile and iterative development approach that allows you to build the functionality uh, very quickly. And so uh, when we look at something such as physician notes, I think that everybody uh, has an appreciation uh, for the fact that a provider does not want to sit at a screen 
and be typing a note uh, while they're interacting with the patient because they want to be engaged uh, with that patient. So the degree to which we can take that note process and we can automate it, we can make it easier to create through dictation or other tools, and the more that we make it a point-and-click interface and iteratively work through that so that we can get to the point that that physician and computer interaction is as easy as possible and as fast as possible is a good example of you know how you enable a system to really support what we're trying to accomplish in the caregiving uh, environment. So again, not requirements, but really having that good iterative process on that technology base. I think on top of that, and you know, one of the things that we've all seen in this industry is that you need a team of individuals who have good technical knowledge, have the ability to be creative, have the ability to do critical thinking, and have developed an expertise in this environment so that they can engage with the physician users in a manner that is understandable, realistic, and then results in genuine functional change that makes the process more efficiently, more efficient. And uh, so one of the things that we've really focused on is having those very special subject matter experts, that deep technical expertise, and then uh, working to enable new functionality very quickly with our uh, physician partners. Now, let's talk about the interoperability of, like, you know, basically we talk about interoperability with the partners where the needs are there and demands are there from each partner, including us in the ecosystem. But, and then there may be difference in priorities, but is there a common vision or incentives which would actually bring all of them together and solve this interoperability issue? Yeah, first and foremost, I think the common vision uh, question is very easy to answer, Sanjab. And everybody that I talk to has a patient as the priority. I don't think there's any question about that. And, uh, you know, one of the things that I always uh, worry about is the technology uh, being the focus instead of the patient. But that's really not a challenge. Everybody involved uh, has the patient's uh, interest and has patient outcomes in mind when they go into problem solving and uh, also take a look at uh, interoperability. So we see it every day. In, in terms of our system-wide rollout. And uh, just to give you a little bit of a sense of the numbers, we've invested uh, more than $50 million over the past uh, few years to roll out to a uh, system that now supports more than 10,000 users. And that's delivered a, a set of interoperability capabilities within our system that allows us to produce the kind of results that you know I talked about earlier in that one physician and patient interaction. And it's rewarding to hear those stories. And as I mentioned earlier, it is equally frustrating to find out that where we don't have some of those interoperability capabilities because all partners are demanding it, all clinicians, all caregivers that I talk to are demanding it. And uh, we've got to uh, start to take a look at interoperability with an enablement lens and not let some of the concerns around the privacy and security rules jeopardize those initiatives. One of the things that I think I'm very encouraged by is the fact that CMS is engaging in a very interactive manner in how privacy and security rules apply, and they are uh, publishing uh, guidance. 
in terms of the uh, treatment and uh, operations uh, use cases for data between partners. And I think that gives us an opportunity from a process perspective to be better. And now if we layer on to that, uh, many of the technology solutions that we've been working through with interoperability, uh, whether that's through information exchanges, uh, whether that's through some of the vendor initiatives, uh, we've got the technology uh, underpinnings to be successful. Let's take a quick break, listeners. We'll be right back and let's discuss the pitfalls and gotchas that we need to watch out for as we go about addressing the application and interoperability issues. Please stay tuned, listeners. We'll be right back after these messages. Patient-centered care requires a connected enterprise. Are you ready? If you're looking to scale your healthcare IT efforts, visit redmain.com forward slash health today. Whether it's to connect data from multiple partner solutions or developing software for unique needs, Redmain can help. To find out how Redmain can help your company deliver on the patient-centered care promise, visit redmain.com forward slash health or call 773-693-3919. Visit today. This is CTN Viewpoint on CIO Talk Network. Welcome back. So, Mark, once again, what are the pitfalls and gotchas that you think we should be watching out for as we go about addressing the application and interoperability issues? I don't know about gotchas or uh, pitfalls, uh, Sanjog. Uh, we talked a little bit about uh, some of the process impediments that you know have the have a way of getting in. Uh, in the way of the technology uh, solutions that, you know, we're coming up with. You know, one of the things that, you know, I will say is that as encouraged as I've uh, been around uh, the uh, interoperability that we've been able to um, establish, um, I think there's also uh, some opportunity in all of this, and, and that is uh, looking at the uh, population health uh, management perspective. And, you know, what I mean by that is that, you know, we mentioned earlier uh, some of those social aspects and the uh, importance of uh, that in uh, patient-centered care. Uh, We look uh, very seriously at uh, social determinants because we know that uh, social determinants uh, do lead uh, to higher instances of uh, chronic disease and uh, other uh, public health concerns. And one of the things that you know, as an industry that we're trying to uh, figure out and work through is how do we take um, some of the good data that we're starting to develop around public health and incorporate that uh, into um, interoperability? Uh, so it's uh, one thing to have a patient's record available to a physician. Uh, it's another thing to have um, some data about that individual that uh, might not necessarily be about the individual, but might you know more uh, more be driven around uh, some public health uh, information uh, or population health information about that individual. Uh, what are they at risk for, uh, given uh, some of the uh, demographic and uh, some of the uh, social environment uh, considerations, and how do we layer that into uh, our uh, EMRs um, so that physicians have access to that, uh, and could they use that to um, improve uh, the 
uh, treatment uh, and improve the outcomes uh, for those patients. Uh, so more than a pitfall and a got you, I, I think it's really an opportunity for us from an interoperability perspective uh, because uh, that information can come from a variety of sources and uh, how we incorporate that and uh, how we uh, build that into our interoperability use cases uh, I think will be uh, an opportunity to look forward to over the next few years. So when we look at in healthcare, there's a lot of acquisitions and consolidations happening and, and for the right reasons, I'm sure. What can we do to retain the required technology-enabled capability as well as the interoperability throughout these acquisitions and consolidations? And if suppose your organization has tried or maybe you know of others, what works and what doesn't? One of the things that we know works is where we have an opportunity to uh, take an EMR um, and extend it uh, system-wide. And we've seen uh, the benefits of that. Uh, now, uh, that said, uh, we also know the frustrations uh, when everybody is not on the same uh, EMR systems and the uh, challenges uh, with getting those uh, integrated. Um, when I look at uh, the technology-enabled uh, capability, the important thing uh, that we need is uh, the standards uh, that allow uh, systems to uh, interoperate. And uh, we need to, uh, all of us need to work with our vendors uh, to make sure that uh, they continue to support uh, open standards uh, that enable that uh, interoperability. And uh, then uh, we uh, have to continue to work with our uh, health information exchange partners. Uh, within uh, Central Indiana, we have an Indiana Health Information Exchange, and uh, we are a very active participant in that and uh, contributing data and uh, using data uh, from the exchange. Uh, that gives us um, a brokering capability for uh, our uh, medical records uh, that allow us to engage uh, with our partners, and uh, we look at every opportunity to extend that. Uh, so the combination of standards, uh, the proliferation of uh, sustainable health information exchanges, and then uh, the uh, processes uh, that enable the best usage, uh, I think, are where the uh, really great technology uh, capabilities and opportunities lie. Now, with so many moving parts, you know, we cannot be perfectionists. So what would you think would be a minimalistic blueprint an organization should follow in order to develop health IT foundation, which will help, of course, care coordination, which essentially is a foundation with, with an end goal to realize the benefits of patient-centered care. Well, let's uh, take a look at it in terms of uh, building blocks. Um, so I would look at the uh, first uh, building block uh, to be uh, the patient themselves. And, uh, you know, one of the things that uh, we want to see in every patient engagement is every opportunity to present the right information uh, at the right time. And uh, so if you don't have that right, uh, then it's hard uh, to draw out this uh, blueprint and uh, be a perfectionist. I think the next uh, building block, and you know, we're seeing a lot of this already in the industry with uh, the proliferation of the uh, wearable devices uh, that allow uh, patients to engage uh, much more significantly in their day-to-day -day health. Uh, and then uh, also uh, opportunities to engage with um, health information online uh, that allow them to be much more active uh, participants. Uh, we 
we're very active in this uh, because, uh, and just to give you, um, you know, a couple of examples, uh, we're very focused on uh, access and uh, the ability to, you know, use access to make sure that uh, patients are um, engaging uh, proactively in their health and have the opportunity to um, see a clinician when they need it. Uh, we have uh, recently uh, done a telemedicine pilot uh, that allows individuals to uh, have a uh, telemedicine or a live uh, video uh, engagement uh, with a physician. Uh, and uh, another thing that we're doing is uh, making sure that uh, through our patient portal, uh, our patients have an opportunity to schedule appointments online and then uh, also uh, engage in a uh, messaging uh, communication uh, with uh, their providers. Uh, that allows them to engage a little bit more when uh, the um, healthcare uh, encounter is needed um, as opposed to the, you know, traditional uh, only when a provider is available. And, you know, for, for us, uh, that uh, really is uh, just the start of things, uh, you know, as, um, as, as, as has been uh, mentioned, uh, we're also in the process of uh, building a new regional academic health campus in uh, Bloomington. And uh, one of the things that we envision for that new campus is um, an interactive uh, and collaborative uh, clinical research and educational experience uh, for our patients. And uh, we do see the uh, interaction, the engagement of the patient uh, as being a very important part of uh, that campus experience uh, and, uh, you know, look forward to uh, seeing uh, a degree of innovation in that build. So that's uh, another building block is uh, making sure that the patient has the opportunity and to, to engage. Uh, the next one I would say is um, making sure that uh, we're taking advantage of the existing interoperability platforms. And as I mentioned before, uh, that could be through uh, health information exchanges and could also be through some of the vendor initiatives uh, that we're seeing to enable um, interoperability. And then uh, from a process perspective, uh, we do have to get the uh, patients comfortable with interoperability so that we're not forcing the opt-in or opt-out options for a patient uh, when they uh, interact with a provider or they interact with a system. Uh, that's going to be uh, important that they're comfortable enough with uh, knowing that their records are going to be shared and uh, it's in their best interest uh, to have those records shared. And then also uh, making sure that, um, as I said, we layer in the population health management component. Uh, we do feel uh, that that's an important part of the uh, encounter uh, with a uh, patient, and it drives uh, positive outcomes. Uh, and uh, we do see uh, a lot of uh, data being available, and uh, to the degree that we can organize that data and present it in a, in a manner in which the physician can more uh, effectively engage with the patient, uh, then uh, we'll have an opportunity to uh, continue to improve outcomes. Once again, thank you, Mark, for sharing your thoughts and insights about how uh, health IT can be transformed to become a catalyst for delivering patient-centered care. Thank you, Sanjog. I appreciate the time. Thank you once again. And listeners, I invite you to find more conversations about IT-driven patient-centered care as part of our health IT series at ciotalknetwork.com forward slash RethinkHIT. This is CTN Viewpoint on CIO Talk Network. 
This CTN Viewpoint is brought to you by Redmain.